0: Hello everyone, Hannah here with a little PSA. This is sadly the final episode of season one. I can't believe we've come to the end, but do not fret my beloved supporters. Season two is in the pipeline and I'll be back bigger and better with a wonderful lineup of foodie guests and characters. I also wanted to take this time to thank all the wonderful people who took the time out to sit with me and all of you lovely listeners who have supported me. If you have any feedback or suggestions for the next season, please do get in touch via Instagram, at crazysexyfood. And if you just can't bear to live without me and my seductive voice, please head over to YouTube and check out all the videos I've been posting there. We have episode one of the main show, which focuses on the power of the pop-up and street food culture, and my new concept, Crazy Sexy Quickies. And before your mind takes you elsewhere... These are super quick, fail-proof cook-alongs and recipe testing by yours truly. But for now, here's the final episode with the lovely gentleman that is Mark Wogan. Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food podcast. I'm Hannah Harley-Young, a photographer by trade and a foodie at heart. Each week, I sit down and chat all things food with well-known foodies, industry insiders, chefs, critics, and people who just love their food. Today, I'm joined by Mark Wogan, one-third of the brains and godsend behind Home Slice Pizza. Mark has run Home Slice since 2013 with his brother, Alan, and founder, Rye Jessup. What started as a pop-up stall in places such as London Fields Brewery, Street Feast and Curb, The pizza slices were sold out in a couple of hours, and so they decided to open a permanent site in Neil's Yard. Fast forward seven years, and they now have six locations around London. I personally have to thank Mark for creating one of the best pizzas around, a perfect blend of soft, chewy dough with the most addictive tomato sauce and a fantastic range of toppings, spanning from Wagyu beef and truffle cream to a four-cheese pizza with jalapeno and rye crumbs. As a self-confessed pizza specialist, I'm a very happy girl thanks to this man. The idea was and is simple. Delicious Moorish 20-inch pizzas by the slice or as a whole pie. A selective range of drinks and Bob's your uncle. Quite frankly, what else do you need in life? Thank you, Mark, for having me. Welcome. <laughs> we are actually recording from the city location, which yep. is the only location I haven't been to yet.
1: And how do you find it compared to the others?
0: Well, it's big. Yeah. And it's fabulous. I love your flooring.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I had a bit of a battle over getting that. People say you couldn't put a brick floor in. Why? I don't know. They just said it wasn't oh, I possible. It's
0: brilliant. I always start my interviews with asking what you had for breakfast today.
1: Uh, I didn't have any breakfast today.
0: <gasps> okay. Lunch?
1: Yeah. Uh lunch I had quite a nice <laughs> lunch today, I have <laughs> what to did be you honest. Have? I had uh oysters.
0: Oh, okay. Oh I was starting off. Um, and
1: then I had um uh, morel's with uh, hens egg on toast. Where
0: were you? I
1: was at Bentley's in of Swallow course Street. You were. <laughs>
0: Fabulous, I love it.
1: The great Richard Corrigan.
0: <laughs> As I said, we've just we are recording from the location in the city and I have just finished a pizza master class with the head pizza chef, Morris. That was quite an experience.
1: It's not as easy as it looks, no, is
0: it? No, I have a newfound respect for pizza chefs. There were a few holes in my dough. You did have a taste. What did you think?
1: Listen, as a first attempt... <laughs> when
0: you start a sentence with yeah, listen... You know,
1: as a first attempt, it was charming. was charming. <laughs>
0: It was um not great, <laughs> but the, the ingredients were good but you but know
1: what you rolled it, you opened <laughs> it, you got it in the oven and you got it out of the oven you know you'd be amazed uh-huh. some people some people actually come for um trials as pizza chefs and they can't do what you did Oh re- God yeah. really. Yeah.
0: Okay, I mean, I do have a bit to learn, but I think we'll, well see what I'm good at.
1: There's a big difference between a 10 or 12-inch pizza and a 20-inch yeah. pizza. It, it, you really need to know how to handle dough properly mm. to be able to do that. I
0: think that's what I felt. I was actually really nervous about ripping it, which, yeah. although I did rip it, um, you don't realise how malleable it is. Yeah. So, taking it a little bit back to your childhood, you were born in London. What was it like growing up? In London, what was, no, what was family I, I life I like? No, I was
1: born just outside oh, of London. Whereabouts? whereabouts? Uh, in a place called Taplow in oh, Buckinghamshire. Oh, Taplow, yes. Yeah. And uh, I grew up in a family where food was at the forefront and sitting at a table when you ate was part of it, you know. And, and going, you know, I was really lucky, you know, I, I, I grew up in abject middle-class bliss, and you know we'd go out to restaurants and we'd eat and and you know from a really early time i i i was sort of obsessed with food
0: and who was the primary cook in your family Mum? and what so what sort of food were you around at home
1: you know the extraordinary thing about mum is she never repeated anything she oh, wow. was always trying something new, always cooking something different. You know, there was, there was, there was sort of firm favourites that were asked for. but Such you, as? Well, it was, <laughs> do you know what? She was so good that there was actually only, she's only really, rem- the terrible thing is she's only really remembered for one dish, which was genuinely awful. What was it? <laughs> which was, um, it's an African dish called baboti. Okay, what's Which that? is like, it's like a sort of curried mince and then you sort of bake scrambled eggs on sounds, top of sounds it. Sounds delicious. No, it no. didn't go down well. So
0: why was she, <laughs> so she was cooking African dishes. So she where? was
1: cooking dishes from everywhere and anywhere. So it, it, she was a very adventurous, good, instinctive cook, my mother. And from a really early age instilled a love of food in, in all of us because all of us... As kids, my, you know, my brothers, my business partner, my sister and her husband have uh, pub restaurants out in the home counties. We've all ended up in hospitality because we we grew up in restaurants and eating good food with our, with our family.
0: And as a young child, aside from obviously enjoying eating, did you find yourself in the kitchen? Were you there helping your mum at times? Yeah, I,
1: I, the first thing I became obsessed with making when I was about. Eight years old was Madeira cakes. Oh would, wow! Everyone was sick of them because <laughs> if I made another Madeira cake and sort of proudly presented it to you, it was like everyone was like I really don't want to eat. This Do you again. still make them? No, I haven't made one oh, in years. There you go. I might make one this there weekend. There we go. <laughs> yeah, bring it down. Haunt my mother with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on, she'll make you a little African dish yeah, right, <laughs> Exactly.
1: Make me some baboti as exactly. a return. Exactly.
0: <laughs> So which country is that from, I wonder? Because I know a lot of Nigerian cooking and I know a lot of Ghanaian cooking and I'll tell you what's become really popular of recent is Ethiopian food. That's in like a lot of street food markets at the moment. Well, that,
1: that, well that, that whole Ethiopian thing sort of started in New York, didn't it? It became yeah. very e- chic in New York, Ethiopian restaurants. But it kind of, yeah, and it's sort of hitting street food markets now but there's not that, you know, Ethiopian is a big thing in New York whereas here it's, it's not yet
0: we're always a little bit behind America so at what age did you realize you wanted to start getting into food and hospitality
1: uh in all honesty it was more born out of the fact that you know I I kind of messed up at school I mean I don't have a qualification to my name and when you sort of you know your 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 kind and loving parents get slightly bored of uh paying for you to hang around and and not not do anything Mm. you sort of go well what am I going to do and so um the first thing I did was I thought all right well maybe I'll I'll do sort of ski seasons and stuff like that so I went off and I did the year diploma course at Leith School of Food and Wine and uh that was that was great they they were very tolerant and patient people there, and <laughs> to, to
0: put in a sentence. Yeah. Uh,
1: but you know, I, I I I I just discovered a real love, and you know, and and a, and, a, and an ability with 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 food, and so I came out of there and actually just went straight into restaurants from there. And the first place I ever worked was uh, the Neil Street Restaurant in Common Garden. Okay, which is. Sadly, no longer there. But it was back when Antonio Carluccio owned it, and Gennaro Contaldo was the head chef. Uh, so, I got a real grounding in passion for food.
0: So, what would you have been cooking at that point? Was it quite Italian food?
1: Oh, yeah, you no, know, it was it was Fully it was Italian. Italian through and through. But um, Gennaro and I, I still see Gennaro now, years on, and we laugh about two things that I got sick of making because you know I was the grunt right at the bottom <laughs> all, I, all, all, all I was ever entrusted to make and I was the only person who wasn't Italian and the only thing I ever got trusted to make was I'd have to clean and despine about 16 boxes of spinach every day oh cook them, gosh. chop them up and make them into spinach fritters Jeez. and then uh, I was allowed to make polenta biscuits
0: Oh, well, so you had a real yeah. diverse...
1: Yeah, uh, did a lot of those. But, yeah. you know, on the side, that you know, Janara would show me how to make pasta, how to make bread, you know, all that sort of thing. And, you know, they'd drag you in and make you try different things and understand different things. And, you know, they, they, were, they were peerless around their wild mushrooms at the time.
0: So what age were you at this point?
1: I was 18.
0: So obviously you mentioned that you weren't so uh, well behaved at school. So did you kind of feel like this had got you on the straight and narrow? Because no, you know, took a chef's me li- life is quite no, tough.
1: Well, no, it took me a little okay. longer to get okay. on the straight <laughs> and narrow. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I am the alumni of the Priory, which I went oh, through okay. Lovely. <laughs> in about 1993. Okay. Um, and you weren't the chef there. <laughs> no, I wasn't a chef there. I was I was a patient. Okay. Uh, but, you know, we we all you know have different paths and whatever and you know I've managed to stay clean and sober now for 27 yeah 27 years so you
0: don't you don't drink anything no nope. that's Nothing. incredible
1: um but yeah i mean when i did i really did so you know uh, but you know back then you, you could sort of nobody noticed in a kitchen back then mm. You know. <laughs>
0: Actually, interestingly, one of my favorite food show hosts was the late Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. In his book, Con- Kitchen Confidential, obviously, yeah. he was quite open about his yeah. extracurricular activities. And yeah. I guess the life you lead is not a normal life. The hours no. you're keeping no. are so yeah. intense. Well,
1: also, the other thing is, you know, I mean, now the sort of hours that everybody works are very different. It was, you know, now the, the guys here, they'll work. Forty-eight, fifty hours a week tops. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we were split shifts, six days a week. You got Sunday off, and that was it. Um, but and then Sunday was sort of spent in total oblivion because you were either passing in and out of consciousness because you were so tired, or whatever the or passing in out of consciousness because, because, because you were uh, under <coughs> the <internet>. whatever, <laughs> you know.
0: You also worked at the Groucho Club as executive chef. Yeah. When was that? That was
1: uh, that was the that was the last time that I cooked professionally for a living, and that was what was that? That was end of '99 until 2003. I was
0: there. Oh wow! So kind of really in its heyday. Yeah. What were those days like?
1: Uh, they were long, yeah they were long, and uh it was an ex- it was a great place, but it was an extraordinarily difficult building to push plates of food around because it wasn 't it sort of you know the Groucho show evolved over time, and the sort of operations of it didn 't so when when I arrived uh, um, it was when The original founders had sold it on to another group, and I was brought in as the as 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 the exec chef, and we sort of tried to redesign the basement, but for six months we were cooking in the old kitchen, which had been there since about 1950, I think. What? Yeah, in the similar layout. I mean, obviously the same, not the same equipment, but it had been in a similar position, similar layout, and it was just it was nuts. I mean, it was really hard work, and you know, none of the aircon worked, none of the air in and out worked. I mean, it was it, it was it was a proper hellhole down over there. The place. Yeah.
0: And do you still cook now? Weekends. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what's the speciality? What do you make? Just uh,
1: again, uh, you know, so probably you know, inspired by mum. I would I would ne- rarely cook the same thing twice. So you know, I'll be experimenting and looking at different flavour profiles and just sort of seeing how can change stuff or move it along, you know, in the same way that, you know, we, we've done from the g- beginning with the pizzas. What I like to do is take something that we think you no know, and just change it a little bit. Not just for the sake of it, but does it work sort of if you do it that it. way, yeah. you know. Um.
0: And when you're not at home size, which we are going to come to in a minute, and when you're not at home cooking, where are some of your favourite restaurants in London?
1: Well, you cannot be sitting at the bar in Bentleys, yeah. eating the oysters and eating off the blackboard, <laughs> right? Don't bother with the menu. Just yeah. eat what's on the blackboard and sit at the bar. I mean, uh, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a proper sort of happy place for me, um, other places that i'd like to go to is really it's about getting out and seeing what's new um, seeing what other people are doing um, but yeah if i if i if i if i want to be sort of you know gently held i would i would <laughs> i would go to bentleys
0: okay so for those of you, and you I love need, so we need to go and sit at the bar order off the blackboard yeah. have some oysters, yep. have something non-alcoholic. <laughs> well, I mean, you're welcome to have as much
1: alcohol as you like. I'm just not going to. Uh, the, other, the other thing as well is that um, I deve- it developed a strange uh, obsession for me, which was green Tabasco, was as a result of Richard. Cause, so Richard, Richard Corrigan and I, who owns Bentley's, met when I was at the Groucho, because he at that point had Lindsay House, which was around the corner. So after service, Richard would come and prop up the bar. And literally, he literally literally did prop up up up. that bar. Um, And we became great friends then. So we you know, been friends for God, yeah, 20 years now. And um, he first introduced me to green Tabasco with a fish pie.
0: Okay, so hold on. So are you really into your hot sauce? In yeah. general, yeah. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a massive hot sauce. So, why why the green one? The
1: green. So it's kind of like posh ketchup. Yeah. Because deep down, we all want to splash some ketchup yeah. on stuff, right? <laughs> but you can't do it. You know, certain things, you know, there's certain places there's where it's a certain like, time look, and place. look, I know, it, I know yeah. it, it needs ketchup, but you shouldn't ask for it. Yeah. And it's like, and then Richard found the solution and was like, no, stick that with it. It's exactly the same, but just a little bit so spicy. So
0: at home, well, not so much these days because I ha- my doctor told me to calm down with the hot sauce because I was starting to affect the lining of my stomach. That's how much Whoa. I used to eat hot okay. sauce. Um, so technically I'm sober for hot sauce. Yeah, at the yeah, yeah, but yeah, I do yeah. have different hot sauces for the different cuisines that i cook yeah so if i'm doing sort of pan asian food i have like nice chili oils with a little bits of dried shrimp in it if i'm doing mexican i have a an array of my mexican salsas if not that i ever cook caribbean food but if i want that i've got my scotch bonnet so it's good to meet a fellow uh, no, I, lo- I, lo- I i
1: love i love spice uh but I like it when it's used correctly. I so agree. it's like, you know, there's a time and a place to yeah. blow somebody's yeah. head <laughs> off. But there is also <clears throat> a point at which it should just bring warmth. Totally. And, and, and create depth of flavour, you know. That, I mean, that's why we've always historically used it in our, in our tomato sauce here. Yeah. We'd never tell you how much. No, it's a bit
0: kind of like, obviously, you know my parents quite well. My dad is obsessed with Tabasco, but then my mum, who's an amazing cook, will cook a beautiful dish and my dad, before he's even tried the food, yeah, will no, go no, into the no, fridge, no. get the Tabasco out. I'd, I'd and slap, she, you know, she shouts at him. She's like, Richard, can you try the food first yeah. before you douse it? No, I'm the same about salt. That's a bit, that's a bit insulting, I think. I'm the same you, about salt yeah. and pepper.
1: And it's like, you know, uh, I kind of... I see people go mental with a black pepper grinder. I'm like, what else do you want to taste? Yeah. No, I totally
0: agree. So obviously you mentioned that you spend a bit of time at the Priory. Was Mm -hmm. potentially that, was that... It was uh, six weeks. weeks. It was six weeks. But was that during, before, after Groucho? Oh, before. This was before Groucho. Yeah, yeah. So So I I was
1: probably the first chef ever at the Groucho who, you know, didn't have a drink or drug problem. Sorry to the Groucho. (laughs) (laughs) But that's probably true. I still love you, it's fine.
0: So was there any moment during your chef career that you were sort of a bit done with it like why did you end up stepping away from the kitchens
1: i just got uh well it was it was a sort of funny thing it was i got to my sort of early 30s which you know i was in 2003 because i'm now quite an old person and um i kind of didn't want to spend all my days in a hot yeah. tiled room in a basement with no natural light, wearing weird clothes, trying to get thieves, lunatics and morons to uh, try and achieve perfection along with me. It you kinda I think you just you can you can very easily burn out. And yeah. um, and actually what I hadn't realised was I was I'd actually got ill, but I just I'd I'd kept going. And I actually had a thing called toxoplasmosis, which is a oh, parasitic story. blood infection. But I just thought I was tired from work. And then one day it just it all got too much, and yeah, I, I and I actually ended up uh, in bed for about six months. Wow! Yeah, and then the downside to that was the only thing it didn't affect was my appetite. <laughs> so when I got out of bed six months later, I was about five stone heavier, as well. Gosh! Yeah. So. You know. So
0: how do you get rid of this? what the, the the blood yeah yeah that that, that, that just had?
1: that just passed eventually Gosh. but and then I sort of took stock and sort of thought all right well maybe I'm going to give hospitality a break for a bit and because I couldn't really um do the hours they were sort of like you know you can't go back to doing 16 hour days and doing that five six days a week and you know um so it was at that point i went into partnership with my brother and we went off and we did sort of different media projects and art based projects and stuff like that and you know we, we had interesting sort of 7-8 years of sort of doing that and it was fun and you know we had some successes and we had some failures and you know and that was all part of the sort of you know entrepreneurial thing because it, you know, it was the first time I hadn't worked for anybody yeah, else course. Um, and then I sort of really missed restaurants and I really missed hospitality.
0: And then so we've sort of fast-forwarded to around sort of the mid-2000s, 2012, 2013, you meet Rye.
1: Yeah, well, I knew, I knew Rye because um, I used to, we used to have an office on Newburgh Street and the best coffee in the area at the time was at Flat White. On I Berwick know Street. exactly where, some right? of my favourites. And Flat White was started by Rai's brother in law. No way. And Rai used to work as the sort of short order cook doing the breakfasts and all that kind of thing. Gosh. So we got to know each other through that. Yeah. And is Flat then, White still around? Yeah, yeah, Flat yeah. White's still there. But uh, Cam, who started it, is now back in New yeah. Zealand with his family and all that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, it's still good coffee. Mm. But, you know, back then it was like. It was the only place you could get a flat white, and it was all kind of quite revolutionary. I
0: weirdly weirdly had this bizarre job, and I around that time as a roving reporter for this magazine that doesn't exist anymore, and I had to go and do a test of all the best cappuccinos in London, and flat white was on there, and so was like caffeine and a few of the other places in that area. Yeah, caffeine.
1: For me, caffeine is the best. Yeah coffee so in London. <laughs>
0: Me too.
1: <laughs> I Didn't want to say I'm glad you mm, said it first. <laughs> no, no. I mean, all the other places make really nice coffee, yeah. but just yeah, no, something about really good, Yeah. You know. I think I think it's Peter who owns it sort of attention to detail yeah. on it. Um, you know, and I quite like how fanatically focused yeah. he is on it. And, and and Cam was the same about it when 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 he had Flat White. Yeah. You know.
0: So you meet Rye, and you, it, all the three of you embarked on developing the home slice well, no, idea. we were doing... Or did my, Rye... M- well,
1: no, my brother and I were... I'd actually developed... Uh, I'd got all the money together, which was quite a significant amount of money. I had a little shareholder group um, to open a very smart restaurant in Mayfair. Oh, OK. And then the guy who was selling the lease on sold it out from under our nose at the sort of 11th hour. And I was left with a head chef that I'd employed and a general manager that I'd employed. No. And, you know, license to assign, you know, 3D renders of what it was going to look like, the whole thing, menus written, you know, money raised, everything ready to go. And it all went in about, well... 4 30 on a Friday afternoon with a, with a, with, a, with, a, with an email saying sorry I've sold it to someone else and then couldn't get a hold of the guy and it was like okay so um that little shareholder group which was a, a group of friends sort of dissipated and Alan and I were left with our investment and I'd sort of been talking to Ryan his mates that he that, that they'd started home slice as a street food thing and we said I said, well, look, look, rather than sit around doing nothing, why don't we do that? So then, you know, conceptualised that from a street food thing into a, into a restaurant. And
0: what was it about going down the street food route that appealed to you? Because obviously your background at this point was quite high-end restaurants.
1: I just, I, for me, it was about finding something. Because, you know, I mean, I'd had so many sort of close shaves. It was like... I'd, I wanted to open a burger joint. I nearly got that open in sort of 2005. That didn't come about. You know, there was a lot mm. of sort of you know almost rans in
0: happen between. Kind of thing, and yeah. then,
1: uh, but for me, it was you know as I talked about before, it was about taking something that everybody knows and just doing it better. You know, and Ryan's mates were making you know phenomenal pizzas out of a. Crappy oven that they'd made themselves. <laughs> wow! Uh, so we just said, look, you know, rather than do this outside in the cold, would you like to come and do it inside?
0: And at that point, was the was the concept twenty-inch pizzas?
1: Uh, well, they were doing them as eighteen-inch
0: okay. oh, wow. okay.
1: pizzas, but they were selling them by the slice and yeah. the name Home Slice. They, you know, they developed the name mm-hmm. Home Slice, mm-hmm. and you know, and they were doing some interesting toppings and and that kind of thing. And you know, it was about Kind of keeping that DNA between it being a street food thing and bringing it indoors, and so you know that's why we went with no cutlery and paper plates and all that sort of thing. And
0: I was going to uh, ask you about the whole thing about no cutlery because I don't think I realised it until about maybe my third or fourth visit. Because when I normally eat a pizza, I mean obviously the only pizzas I eat are at home size. Yeah, yeah. Of but if I find myself
1: lost, lost, yeah. and
0: I have to eat elsewhere, God forbid, um, I actually tend to eat. Other pizzas with a knife and fork, which I know is some people think is blasphemy. I don't understand it. I, no. I think, look,
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, almost everything tastes better if you eat it with your hands. I,
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. Or, I think <laughs> or
1: with a spoon. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's true. And the other thing I'm adamant about is pasta tastes better if you eat it out the pan that you've cooked it in. What? just does. What do you mean Don't bother pouring it, no. it out? The, don't bother pouring it into the plate.
0: Oh, I see what you so Just fine. eat it out the pan okay. and you cooked it in.
1: <laughs> Saves on the washing up and for some reason it tastes better.
0: Tips from Mark. I'm going to so, do that same, one tonight. Same with the curry. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother, yeah? Don't bother putting well, the curry in a plate. Well, because I guess also you've cooked it in just its juices the, with its, with its
1: there's, spices. There's nothing it's I like better than kind of just putting the pot that I've cooked everything in right in the middle of the table yeah. and everybody just dives in themselves. either with a spoon yeah. or a piece of bread or whatever and just use your hands
0: that's sort of family style yeah. sort of
1: that's why that look there's that tattoo there oh wow okay I didn't know you had completely tattooed the death to, death to cutlery tattoo oh right. <laughs>
0: okay let me just describe what is it. on the back of Mark's arm is a skull and crossbones but no, it's, it's not, not it's but a, it well, it's a skull but it's not with bones, it's with a knife and fork. It's brilliant. Oh, he and really then, does. And the Oh, my God, and he's got the, he's got the Home Slice. He's got the Home
1: Slice logo on there as well, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to take a you photo of this. You get,
1: you get one of those tattooed on you uh, for long-term service. There is a number of people who <laughs> have you joking? that one. Yeah, no. And if they want it, I'll pay for it to be done. Does
0: Morris have one?
1: No, he's going to get it, though. <laughs> no, it's usually when they leave. That's so brilliant. That they, so that they take, so slice, cool. they take Home Slice with them when I they leave.
0: I love that. At the beginning you were saying that you wanted to create something that everyone loves but kind of put your own touch on it. Yeah. So what was the USP at the time?
1: So it was about taking like, a ubiquitous you, we, thing like a pizza and just injecting some culinary integrity so into it. So did you it. go
0: and do a lot of market research and travel around or did no, you kind was, of know what you liked? No, it was, it was just about
1: taking line? what I knew from restaurants and just putting it into a pizza.
0: How Would you describe the home-slice pizza then?
1: So there is a real focus on the quality of the ingredients. Everything is made fresh, on-site, in-site, every day.
0: I can vouch for that because they're currently mixing up their dough as we speak.
1: And making a lot of noise in the background. (laughs) And um, just an emphasis on quality. So, you know, we, we still ship our mozzarella in. Twice a week from Naples. Oh, you know, wow. our okay. salami comes from one independent supplier I- in central I- Italy. You know, everything we have, we've gone and looked for and made sure it's the best possible thing. We could probably make a lot more money if we put slightly less expensive ingredients, but you know, they are the best. And the for proof me, is it, in, the, for in me, the taste You of the know, pizzas, f- for all of us from the beginning, it's what made the difference. You know.
0: And something else I really love about your restaurants is the aesthetic. Hmm. There's kind of like a, they sort of follow slightly a similar line. Can you talk about what you wanted to do with the interiors of each one? Well,
1: it was always about, I mean, the first one, which was Neil's Yard, was really about calling in every single favour off anybody who'd, who'd ever even maybe even looked at me in the street and asking them for free stuff. And we spent about 10 pence opening the first wow. one. Um, it's all built out of old bits of church. Church? Yeah. So they're all pews. All the tables, no all the seating, all the shelving, everything is built out of old wow. pews. Because we literally went down, there's a, there's a, there's a, a um, church reclamation yard in Walton-on-Thames in Surrey and we just literally went down with a lorry and filled it up with wood and had this fantastic joiner who sort of built a restaurant for us out of it
0: and then sort of following all the other locations you sort of kept to a similar aesthetic yeah
1: well no what it is for me is because because it do the design for all the restaurants and it's it'll be i'll find one thing and that will usually dictate what the restaurant will be because it's always about for me opening something that has its own character has its own feel and suits the neighborhood so essentially it's your neighborhood pizza joint so you know like the one we're sitting in here Obviously, we were going. You know, it was our first time coming into a new build, uh, so we're in the Bloomberg Building, which, you know, allegedly is the most expensive building per square foot ever built. Who is it? Yeah, it was one point wow. seven billion he spent, but you know, he's got fifty three yeah, other exactly, billion, so fine. he's not worried about it. It's a
0: little bit of skimmed um, off the top. But it was
1: <laughs> so. With this restaurant, it was about making it a little bit more grown up yeah. uh, but at the same time keeping that sense of humour so not going for a standard marble and finding the memorial marble so you bring some colour into what would be you know and a bit of quirk into what is a sort of you know it is a, it is a new building mm-hmm. uh, but it's a great shape this building so we really work with that in terms of the curves and and some of the colours and then Obviously, it's, this is a really historic part of London as well. So so we, that's why you did the floor. Yeah, so we did. The, they are reclaimed London it's bricks actually a fabulous on the floor. floor. But that was nicked, that idea I nicked, because let's face it, it's all plagiarism yeah, yeah, ever yeah. since Cro Magnum Man decided to roast his woolly mammoth <laughs> rather than eat it raw. But you know, that was, uh, there's a restaurant in LA called Jelena. I know it very well. Yeah, yes, and, that, oh and, my they, God, and they've got a brick floor, yes, and that's they where do. the idea for the floor came.
0: Okay. It actually, I get it. So it's kind of encompassing the whole area. It's actually very clever when we start looking into it. Just back to the pizzas. So, I think what sets you guys apart from your competitors in London is your choice of toppings. You know, there's not many places that do a Wagyu beef no. topping or, a, you know, sort of truffle cream. Or even, the. I've just been discussing with Morris your vegan one, which is the Badam June, mm. the aubergine vegan pizza because they're not tra- traditional where is the inspiration coming from do you have a development team that you work with to kind of come up with new ideas
1: in terms of the pizzas i always say you start with a margarita because if you can't cook a margarita you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, be having a pizza shouldn't place. be cooking pizza yeah. at all uh, you know and initially it was you know rye and myself coming up with combinations i mean when we opened the first one we only had six pizzas on the menu because really? we're going to They were the only six we really liked when we started. And then it sort of added to it as we went along. Um, And now it's uh, a collaborative thing between me and Amy, who was our executive chef and is now our head of operations. Uh, But, you know, she comes from a cook's background. You know, she's been a chef a long time. And I really like the fact that a woman is in charge of... 80 Italians telling them what to do. That, must be fun. that was a bit of a culture yeah. shock for them, let me tell you. I bet.
0: <laughs> and do you allow, you know, even like someone like Morris, who's one of the head chefs because he was telling me that he trains and interviews yeah. a lot of the yeah. people that come and get apply for jobs. Are they allowed to kind of put in their creative input at all? Or?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't pretend we know everything. Yeah. I think the minute you do, you're screwed. And somebody may it, and it can be something that somebody suggests or you know it's like the you know the four cheese pizza that that is that is based on my love of green tabasco because i wanted something that a green chili sauce could go with and it was and i also we also wanted to do a four cheese pizza but not a sort of quattro formaggi, yeah. you know and that can i
0: just say that's actually my favorite
1: yeah, but, but also, there's some, there's some really great quality cheeses on there. And we, we change them seasonally. They all come from Neil's Yard Dairies, mm. who we've had a long-standing relationship with because they've around the corner from neighbors. us from the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it is, it's a great, great cheese pizza.
0: What's your favourite?
1: I, I love the margarita. Really? <laughs> yeah. Just nice and simple. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's that. And for me, that's when I can tell if the kitchens are on point because if they're Cause doing that's your the base r- level. Yeah. If, if you can not do- get that right yeah if they're doing if if they you know because then there's there's nothing to hide behind yeah. with that you, you know if it's the true, dough true. is right yeah. the sauce is right then you know the guys are paying attention and showing care and love to what they do yeah. and
0: how often are you eating in your own restaurant every day oh so you're having a bit of pizza every day
1: yeah I will try the pizza every time I come into the restaurant
0: good for you do people come in and order an entire pie for themselves?
1: I can eat a whole one on my own, easy.
0: Yeah, I could easily as well. I yeah. just didn't. I wanted you to be the first one to say it. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. <laughs> it, it, you know, the, uh, people go, oh, my God, it's so big. It's like...
0: Oh, no, I could very easily do really, it.
1: Really, really could eat, yeah. do it quite regularly.
0: Yeah. In fact, I am going to do it one day. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> I might you s- just come in well, by myself. Well, no, what you've got to see is,
1: can you do the margarita challenge? What's the margarita well, challenge? Well, if you can eat a whole margarita in under five minutes.
0: okay. I need to think about this.
1: It's harder than you think. Well, five I've, minutes actually is that long. I've got within. So you've got
0: hold on. You cut them into six slices, don't you? So you've got to do under a minute a slice. Yeah. Ooh.
1: And it's it's. Can you? I got within. I was halfway through my second to last slice, so. Wow. The record is three minutes forty-two, and somebody came into this restaurant. We used to video people doing it, right? And this guy came into the restaurant. He cut it into three, rolled it up and swallowed it like an anaconda. <laughs> and it was the most revolting thing that we couldn't post it on Instagram. Like it's like man nob- versus food. Nobody's actually going to want to watch oh that. That's God. disgusting. I mean, that's actually quite a clever way of doing was it. I didn't really think about it. Was, it. Okay. it was truly like, oh, my God. Okay, I need to just revolting. go away and have a little think about this and I'll come back <laughs> okay. with my,
0: my plan. Okay. Um, speaking of overeating... You personally have embarked on a pretty huge life transformation where you shredded some serious weight, body weight, gained a lot of fabulous muscle. Why did you do it?
1: It's all part of my Fit as Fuck at 50 program. I love it. So I turned 50 this year. Okay. And I didn't want to sort of do the second stage of my life. I mean, I've sort of been in and out of shape my whole life. And, you know, I've been massive... Like, not in a good way. And, you know, and I've been in good shape. But I just thought, let's get something that's really maintainable, realistic. Yeah. And, you know, so I just kind of changed how I was living.
0: And so did you bring anyone on board? I mean, trainers and nutritionists? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I, I signed up with uh, Ultimate Performance Gyms. Oh, yeah. Um, and they really do. It does work, you know. It, it, and it's like any process, if you are willing to sort of surrender to it completely, you'll get the results that you want. Uh, it's, it's the only thing, you know, half measures of valence, nothing. Yeah. Uh, so I just went all in and, yeah, I mean, the problem is, though, right? So when you're this age, body or face, you can't have both. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so That's true, actually. No, that the is the point true. where... <laughs> Point well where,
0: kind of actually no I disagree well, there's a few right. people out there who have got
1: both so right so when I got down to 8% body fat yeah, can which we is just, where he we went
0: to 8%, 8% body, percent body fat 8% body That's fat incredible right. and
1: I was having some pictures taken because obviously at that stage my vanity knew no bounds of course bounds Stan, right. whatsoever. I mean I've got photos I've like, done every day right. we're going to record this just before right. you
0: say sorry so you went to 8% What? what was your starting point
1: in terms of body fat yeah 36.8% body fat. And you fat. lost
0: that in how many months?
1: I was training for 8 months, but I had a month off in the summer. So, I was 7 months seven, months 7 months in total.
0: Absolutely incredible.
1: Lost 30 kilos and yeah. What
0: was the most challenging part of it?
1: Uh, the last 2% of body fat. Cuz by that stage you've been you've been sort of in calorie deficit for you know six months and then the last month you go even further into calorie deficit so
0: out of interest whilst you were doing this were you eating pizzas
1: yeah i had to factor it in
0: so you had to factor that into mm. your daily calorie intake yeah and how so would you just have a slice
1: yeah so, so what's wow. interesting is so we we're doing some um calorie count cal- because obviously now I'm obsessed by calories <laughs> um, we're doing some calorie calculations on, on all our pizzas I'm not going to give you the number but how low our margarita is will blow you away really yeah so we're going to talk about that in that's really in, interesting in, in, in April. That
0: because I was actually just having that conversation when I was b- becoming a pizza chef myself mm. and I was saying to Morris that if your ingredients are good you know where everything's coming from and it's fresh hmm. and it's organic and it's this and it's that. A pizza doesn't need to be that unhealthy. No. If you're going to other places that we shall not name mm-hmm. and having a dirty pizza, yes. y- you know what time it is. Yeah, right? exactly. It, it doesn't and, need and to be. You
1: know, and some of the ones that are renowned for their delivery that begin with a D. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, that know, might be opposite the, the, the location, the, location the, we're seeing <coughs> Right? <knows. laughs> right? That, you know, but that, that's not a pizza know, it's it's just so, not it's, a pizza. it's savory cake, yeah it's cooked disgusting. cooked by scientists and yeah. not chefs, yeah, you know I, you know our, we like to think you know as cheesy as it sounds, a little bit of love and passion goes into every absolutely. pizza that goes yeah, but you can goes but out, I yeah. always
0: believe that anything that you cook, whether it 's in a restaurant or at home, you can taste when it 's made with love yeah right there's a huge difference absolutely what advice just back to your your transformation what advice could you give to someone who wanted to lose weight, shred, achieve goals whatever it might be
1: um, you've got to give yourself over completely to the process you can't that, the whole thing of cheat days and no. so you had no cheat days no cheat but days. you really
0: just went in you were very serious yeah. about it what is the future of Home Slice?
1: just to keep trying to do it as well as we do it you know we never liked to we've always said from the beginning when we when we opened the first one and we suddenly discovered, oh we might have done something right here, and you know we don't pretend how how we knew we didn't go this is going to go crazy it just it kind of did, and um, but we've never wanted to open a restaurant at the cost of the quality of what we do, so we didn't despite the fact that you know we were really lucky and neils yard which was the original one was completely oversubscribed we didn't open another restaurant for 2 years no. um and then we stupidly opened two within 3 months of each other <laughs> of course other. you did <laughs> yeah which was challenging and we said we'd never do that again and then we didn't open anything for 2 years and did exactly the same thing mm. again um but i think we've you know for me it's about can we keep doing it as well as we're doing it, and and if we can, we'll we'll keep opening them.
0: Which 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 would you say is your most favourite site?
1: In terms of design, I really like the one at White City.
0: That's my local one. Yeah,
1: um, just because I I've, like the design of that one You know, I just I feel like that is a kind of real expression of us, the building, and and kind of challenging a little bit of. What should and shouldn't go in a restaurant? Absolutely. Um, but again, if I if I want to be happy, to go and stand in Neil's Yard on a on a Thursday night with when there's a queue of you know fifty people at the door trying to get in, mm. that's as a. As I a, have been in that queue as, once or twice yeah, before. <laughs> as a as a business owner, that's always going to make you happy. Of course, <laughs>
0: of course. So I always finish with a few quick fire questions aside from pizza, my absolute favourite snack in the world is a packet of crisps, what's your favourite flavour of crisps? Salt and vinegar you need to elaborate, give me a brand, give Walker's. me a... Walkers really, yeah. so you'd have a good yeah, yeah. simple... G- ghetto crisp Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you don't know what mine is, go on. mine's even worse go on, <laughs> pickled onion monster <once> munch <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, no. yeah yeah, that's, that's, that's proper that's ghetto, really bad. that's proper ghetto <laughs>
0: Who are your three most desired dinner party guests and why?
1: Can I only have three?
0: You could have more if you want and they can also be dead or alive.
1: Okay, so definitely have my dad. A friend of my parents called Tom, uh, who was the best person ever to have at dinner at anything. Why was he so He would make you cry with laughter. Just fabulous sense of humour. Just, you know, just one of those people that just got the joke. And knew how to tell it as nice. well, um, and my family.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Just keep it nice and keep it nice and well. Because you know,
1: and then yeah, probably my mate Dave and my <coughs> mate Jimmy, yeah, and um, and my family.
0: What would be your last meal?
1: I. You know, I've I, oysters it, at these <laughs> Yeah, I definitely it would. It, it, do I have to ha- can I have it in more than one restaurant
0: you can do whatever you want this is your last meal okay I So will give yeah. it, the whole thing to you you would
1: definitely start with oysters in Bentleys and
0: how do you like your oysters
1: just straight up nothing
0: no shallot vinegar nothing oh really yeah oh wow okay no you know, Tabasco size,
1: no size 2 interesting size 2 native oyster needs nothing okay because it's it it is perfect as it is, as it is, yep. Uh, needs no enhancement whatsoever. Um, although the, the um, Vietnamese dressing one that they do, <laughs> I don't know which one you're talking uh, about, Bentley's very is nice. very, it's very nice <laughs> as well. So, you know, because what isn't improved by a crispy onion? Oh, exactly. You know, then I would probably the Jorge, who supplies us with are air-dried wagyu beef where the beef is produced which is in burgos in spain right they've got a little hut on the grounds there with it just a w- an open fire pit and eating a basically on the bone ribeye
0: oh my gosh
1: of wagyu cooked there Sort of just because it's like it's there, yep. you're there, you're
0: probably eating it with your hands. <laughs> yeah, well, you,
1: yeah, you, as you're slicing it off, you, yeah. you know, carver's <laughs> yeah. privilege, yeah, that's you, right, you yeah. throw, throw in a couple. <laughs> that's pr- pretty amazing. Pierre Kaufman's pistachio souffle. Oh,
0: haven't had it, but it sounds fabulous. Well, I tell, tell you who, I tell you who does
1: an homage to it is um, Launceston Place now. Oh yeah! Oh yeah. really? So they ha- they oh do they do, little, um, oh they do little they do little souffle and it's got a little cartoon of Pierre on the top of it.
0: No way! <laughs> yeah. Really? It's very. Oh, cool. that's fabulous! Yeah. What a lovely meal! Yeah. And final question: Live to eat or eat to live?
1: Live to eat. You've got to. Yeah. I always say, no passion for food, no passion. Full stop. Couldn't
0: agree more. You know? Could not agree more. What a lovely way to end. Thank you so much for the whole day. I've, been, I've overstayed my welcome by about five hours, um, but really interesting to hear about your story and the beauty that is Homeslice. So thank you so much for well, providing that to us as a nation.
1: Thank you. You thought we were interesting you... enough to talk to. You, <laughs>
0: you can follow Homeslice on social media at HomesliceLDN. Thank you for listening and joining us this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend, and another, and maybe another. Don't forget you can follow all the Crazy Sexy Antics on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube, at Crazy Sexy Food. Until next time, goodbye. (music)